What's going on, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate Today for August the 28th. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. For those that may not know what this show is, first off, for this specific episode, I want to start off by saying that no, there is no gameplay in this entire video. You can scroll through the entire 40-ish minutes of what this show is going to be. There will not be any kind of gameplay whatsoever. Let me make that very clear. Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay is not going to be anywhere near this video because I don't want to get hit with the copyright takedown. That'll happen. However, it's out there if you do want it. There's tons of stuff to see today, but we have a lot of news to jump into. But now that that is taken care of, this is a gaming news morning show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, whatever it might be, we dive into it right here on the show every single day. Then I rip the audio off of the video. I put it up on podcast services around the world thanks to the illustrious Anchor.fm, which is one of the best services that I have ever used for anything ever. It's fantastic. I would recommend it to any Anyone wanting to get into podcasting, it has made the past five to six months of doing the show absolutely a breeze, and I love it very, very much. However, we do have some good news and some bad news. We have a couple of follow-ups on the shooting that happened over the weekend at a Madden tournament that I did want to address. Some changes to the Madden tournament lineup as well as some PAX West announcements that all have to do with that entire event. Of course, we do have the Cyberpunk gameplay. Xbox All Access has officially been confirmed. Microsoft is reportedly shelving, or they have reportedly shelved, an Xbox VR headset. PlayStation finally fixes its terrible search bar in the PlayStation Store. Nintendo has unveiled a new peripheral and Grand Theft Auto 5 players have listened to a lot of music and that is what we are going to finish out with today but I hope you guys enjoy today's show and without further ado let's go ahead and jump into the first story of the day which is that 48 minutes of Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay are out there and ready for your enjoyment and man is it a good looking game. So, two months after showing a behind-the-scenes demo of Cyberpunk 2077 to attendees at E3 2018, developer CD Projekt Red has finally made that footage public, and you can watch the video which shows 48 minutes of the upcoming role-playing game right here, and there is the YouTube video. Of course, we aren't going to be watching this, and I'm just going to be touching on this uh, just briefly here at the beginning of the show, but what I do want to say is that I watched about the first five to ten minutes of this show, or this, this, oh, I mean, it could be as long as a regular TV show if you really want to break it down, but I watched about the first five to ten minutes of the gameplay demo because for me 48 minutes of gameplay of course is going to be a drop in the bucket for the entirety of cyberpunk 2077 but that's 48 minutes that takes place early on in the game and i didn't want to watch the entirety of that footage because i want to be able to enjoy the game for myself whenever it does end up coming out uh, i want to be able to dive in and not really have anything spoiled for me of course this is very early version this is a very early version of the game so there are a lot of changes that will be made between now and the time that the game actually does come out. Uh, but of what I saw, the first couple of minutes of the actual trailer slash gameplay reveal, uh, very, very beautiful game. I've heard a lot of people saying that the interior of buildings uh, is rather drab. It's kind of a, you know, a musty kind of a, a weird little, it's almost like a shitty apartment building kind of setup. And I mean, that's all well and good. I understand what they're trying to do there. Uh, but the outside is where the game really shines as far as the detail and the beauty goes. Uh, I saw that there was one gaming journalist, I can't remember who it was, uh, that was talking about the way that you emerge out of the building whenever you first begin to get into the world. And essentially, it's kind of like whenever you emerge out of the cave in Breath of the Wild or whenever you are leaving any kind of big thing for the first time. 
uh, you know, whenever you're getting out of that little training zone, it's amazing to see how the entire world just kind of unfurls and you begin to really get a full grasp of just how large the world itself really is. And that's what I got from Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, but of course, the detail is beautiful. The graphics are stunning. I've heard that it's going to be taking advantage of the newest NVIDIA RTX power on top of Hairworks, I believe is what it's called. Uh, pretty much every cutting edge piece of PC tech is going to be uh, taken advantage of here within Cyberpunk 2077. It's going to be an incredible game. Uh, I would highly recommend that you at least check out the gameplay, just because it is going to be a little while until we do find the game and, you know, on store shelves. And on top of that, the game is going to change drastically between now and the time that it does launch. So, I mean, take what you see with a grain of salt, but this is overwhelmingly going to be at least a taste of what you can expect from Cyberpunk 2077. And man, does this game look good. Now, my only question is, when will this game actually end up launching? Because I still am of the mind uh, that this might not be a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One exclusive game. Of course, what I mean is that it is coming to the PC, but it could also come to the PlayStation 5 and whatever the next Xbox is going to be called. I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest uh, because of the fact that we are getting towards the end of a console generation. And whenever that happens, people begin to look towards the next generation to see what is coming, what is going to be happening later on down the pipe. And uh, I think that we might be getting this one on the next generation. That's just my two cents on it. Uh, but of course, again, that 48 minutes of gameplay is now available for you to enjoy if you did want it. Again, not in this show, but you can find it down below in the article, which is from Kotaku over there with Jason Schreier, a fantastic work of art from this man, which is literally, I think, three sentences long. Crazy. Crazy, man. But, uh, of course, you can always check out that gameplay and whatnot. But I wanted to let you guys know that it was out there right now, just in case you didn't know. But chances are, if you're into this and you're watching slash listening to this podcast, then you probably already knew because, man, you're probably very into gaming. But to go on to some more serious news, EA cancels remaining Madden Classic qualifiers after the shooting. This is the first time we've had to confront something like this, says the EA CEO. EA has canceled the three remaining Madden Classic qualifying events in the wake of the August 26th shooting at a competitive Madden event in Jacksonville, Florida, where a competitor shot and killed two other players. Eleven others were wounded during the shooting, nine with gunshot injuries before the gunman took his own life. In a statement released today via the company's website, EA CEO Andrew Wilson expressed his shock and grief in in the wake of the incident, quote, first and foremost, it is an unthinkable tragedy that Taylor Robertson and Elijah Clayton, two of our top Madden competitors, lost their lives in this way, said Wilson. They were respected, positive and skilled uh, competitors, the epitome of the players and personalities at the heart of our community. Their love of competition was evident through their participation in our events over the past few years. We are committed to supporting Taylor and Elijah's families through this difficult time, and we send our deepest sympathies to their loved ones and to those injured yesterday and to everyone affected. The event was a qualifying tournament for the Madden Classic, our first Madden EA major competition of this season. While these qualifying events are operated independently by partners, we work with them to ensure competitive integrity and to gather feedback from players. We have made a decision to cancel our three remaining Madden Classic qualifier events while we run a comprehensive review of safety protocols for competitors and spectators. We will work with our partners and our internal teams to establish a consistent level of security at all of our competitive gaming events. We've all been deeply affected by what took place in Jacksonville, said Wilson. This is the first time we've had to confront something like this as an organization, and I believe the first time our gaming community has dealt with a tragedy of this nature. Please take time to support each other through this challenging time. The three remaining qualifiers for the Madden Classic were scheduled to occur in Duels, Virginia, Santa Ana, California, and Carlton, Texas throughout early September, culminating in the Classic Final in Las Vegas in early October. 
Uh, so number one, these events have been canceled. Number two, uh, they obviously have reached out and you know they've talked to the families of these two that lost their lives. Of course, uh, you had the uh, the two uh, Madden professionals that were shot during the event, and um, you know there isn't much else to be said. I just wanted to go ahead and, and quote what Andrew Wilson said. Uh, but it is unfortunate that the gaming community has to deal with this. It's unfortunate that any community has to deal with this because no one should ever be able to go out and 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 risk their own life just by playing a game in public or by going out in public. It's it's something that we shouldn't have to deal with. But yet here we are. So, uh, if you were looking forward to the Madden Classic, that is no longer going to be taking place, at least the first couple of events, since they are reviewing the safety protocols and whatnot, which is a good move, because you want to make sure that everybody is safe, make sure that everybody is able to come out of this, you know, knowing more and being more knowledgeable, ensuring that this doesn't happen again. Uh, So that's a good move in the right direction, but of course... Just a shitty, shitty turn of events over the course of the past few days. Uh, but here we are. So now changes are being made, and it's good to know that there are actual changes instead of just letting this happen and then move on, waiting for it to happen again. However, PAX West is coming up, and they have also released a statement addressing the security concerns following the Jacksonville shooting. We have in place extensive proactive measures, PAX organizers reassure. As the gaming community remains horrified by the shooting in Jacksonville that ended the lives of two Madden esports players and the assailant, focus shifts to PAX West and how one of the biggest events of the year will handle security in the wake of this tragedy. In response to an email inquiry from uh, PC Gamer, PAX organizers reassured that it has extensive proactive measures in place and that it has a decade-plus history of working closely with the Washington State Convention Center, private security, the Seattle Police Department, and federal law enforcement authorities to identify risks, assess them, and develop our comprehensive security protocols. PAX did not elaborate on any, on any specific changes excuse me, that will be deployed this weekend, noting that it does not publicize security details. Searching PAX security on Twitter reveals questions and concerns being directed at the official account and the organizers. PAX West has not employed metal detectors or bag checks in the years PC Gamer has attended. In 2014, Robert Koo, former president of Penny Arcade, wrote that given the distribu- uh, yes, distributed nature of the show, PAX West, it's spread out across eight venues and so much of Prime now West, in particular occurs outside of the walls of those venues. Doing bag checks or having metal detectors wouldn't be practical slash effective. Boston-based PAX East, on the other hand, has required bag checks and metal detector pass-through for all attendees since 2014, less than a year after the April 2013 bombing at the Boston Marathon that killed three people and injured hundreds. Koo, who left Penny Arcade in 2016, wrote before the introduction of these procedures in Boston, anyone that knows me understands how seriously I take security at PAX. It's something that's always at the forefront of our discussions internally. And there's a full statement, which is very extensive down below, that gives you details about how they're going to be protecting their goers, uh, how they're going to be addressing the security issues and security concerns that people do have. And overall... I think that they have to do this well, and they have to make sure that their security is going to be effective. Of course, it's interesting to hear that PAX East has always had more uh, in-depth security checks after what happened at the Boston bombing. And um, it's one of those situations where you have to make sure that everybody is safe if you want to guarantee that not only people come out, but also that people are comfortable and people aren't concerned about their own safety during the event itself. Uh, so it's good to hear that they are taking this seriously. It's good to hear that they have issued a statement assuring people that everything is going to be fine and that they have taken the measures necessary uh, to ensure that everybody is going to be able to come out of this in a good way and and safely. So if you had concerns, it seems like they are doing everything they can to ensure that it's going to be fine. And I think that it will be fine at the end of the day. But hopefully nothing will happen. Hopefully nobody tries anything. But it's always good to be 
on the safe side and make sure that people are going to be okay and make sure that you take those precautions to ensure that people are safe when they come out to any kind of event, uh, whether it be a Madden tournament or PAX or E3, whatever it might be. Uh, I've heard a lot of a lot of gaming professionals and a lot of content creators that have con public and said that, hey, these events don't have the greatest security. I have never been brisked or frisked, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't get frisked. That I don't really go anywhere. But, um, I've heard that there is lackluster security at pretty much all the events that these people have gone to, not at the fault of anybody in particular. It's just that we need to focus more on this in 2018 than we have in years past and as time goes on. Uh, But that's just my two cents on that. If you did have any concerns or if you had any concerns about going to PAX West, then it has been addressed and it should be okay. But with all of that bad news slash, you know, serious news behind us, Xbox All Access has officially been announced and it is a subscription which offers a console, Xbox Live, and Game Pass for a monthly fee, which we talked about last week and I have a full video up. Of course, the details have relatively remained the same, uh, but I will link that video down below as well if you wanted to learn more. But Microsoft announced Xbox All Access today, a new plan that includes subscriptions to Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass as well as Xbox One hardware for a discounted monthly fee. According to VentureBeat, which cites a now-pulled Xbox Wire article, Xbox All Access will help new customers finance a console and pay less than they would buying the hardware and services separately. There are two tiers of Xbox All Access for $21.99 per month. Subscribers will get an Xbox One S in addition to Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass. And for $34.99 per month, subscribers will get an Xbox One X in addition to Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass. There is no upfront cost, Microsoft said, and at the end of the 24-month subscription period, Xbox All Access members keep the Xbox One hardware that they have paid for. The total cost for a two-year subscription to Xbox All Access comes out to about $528 for an Xbox One S and $840 for an Xbox One X. At current prices, those services and hardware purchased separately would cost about $660 and $860 respectively. So you're saving about $140, give or take, $120 if you're getting the X. And if customers bought the Xbox, you know, other stuff as well. Microsoft says that Xbox All Access is currently only for customers in the United States and that the offer stands for a limited time. Microsoft says only qualified customers can take part, presumably meaning that Xbox All Access subscribers will be subject to credit checks, similar to how some cell phone service providers handle payment plans. And you can now check out everything because it is live up on the website. So it's pretty interesting and it's only available through August the 27th, or excuse me, from August 27th through December 31st. So if you did want to take advantage of this kind of alternative way of getting a console and a whole bunch of games and a whole bunch of Xbox Live Gold games, uh, then you might want to check this one out. I mean, for 22 bucks a month, that's less than I would spend on games to begin with, but if I wanted to get into uh, the entire experience, that seems like a relatively accessible amount of money to pay, and for the $35 per month for the Xbox One X, that's really, really impressive, uh, especially considering how many games are available through Game Pass. Of course, as we discussed last week whenever this was nothing but a rumor, uh, you do have all of the Halo games. You have all of the Gears of War games. Uh, you have so many different titles available via Xbox Game Pass that really this is, if you're not picky, the only bundle that you need to really experience everything there is to experience in games. Of course, you aren't going to be getting your PlayStation exclusives. Uh, you aren't going to be getting maybe the best of the best as far as graphics goes, especially if you get the Xbox One S package. But overall, uh, it's a fantastic way to kind of get your foot wet 
That was a weird way to say that, but but dip your toe in the water. There we go. Better way to say that uh, in the world of gaming. So if you did want to check this out, it's relatively affordable, and it's overall a pretty good deal. So again, August 27th through December 31st could be a very good holiday option for those that are looking to buy their significant other, their child, uh, anything like that, any kind of gaming console. And of course, it is towards the end of the generation, so essentially you get to experience everything the Xbox One has had to offer up until now, which is relatively impressive, if I do say so myself. But again, 22 bucks a month or 35 bucks a month, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, and a bundle of incredible little features to go along with it. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's cool, though. Microsoft has reportedly shelved an Xbox VR headset, though. The tech isn't quite there yet, according to inside sources. Back in June, Microsoft's chief marketing officer for gaming, Mike Nichols, told GamesIndustry.biz that the company had no plans to create a VR headset for the Xbox console. Now, CNET has learned that there was indeed a VR headset for Xbox under development, but the project has been shelved until better tech is available. People who have knowledge of the matter told CNET that Microsoft had been seeking out partners to develop games for an Xbox VR headset over the last few years. They also said that the screen quality of the device, the specs of which have not been leaked or made public, was good, but not as good as Facebook's Oculus Rift or HTC's Vive. So it sounds like it could be comparable to that of a PlayStation VR. This makes sense, considering the Xbox One X was apparently built with VR in mind. However, VR hasn't exactly been a breakaway success at the consumer level. The headsets can be clunky, and they require long wires to operate, until they did the wireless adapters, which have added a hefty price tag that often costs just as much as the device itself. The company reportedly wants to wait until wireless tech is more cost-effective and feasible for VR headsets. It's also quite possible that Microsoft didn't receive much interest from studios on developing VR games for the Xbox. It makes sense that considering Xbox sales are lagging behind the PS4s, the company wouldn't want to go all in on technology that hasn't been overwhelmingly popular. Instead, the company is focusing more on exclusive popular titles and a possible subscription service that could come with a free Xbox to lure more gamers, as we just discussed, strategies that are much more cost-effective than designing and distributing entirely new hardware. And also, I would say right here to add to the, uh, the end of this article, that it seems like Microsoft is focusing more on the games by acquiring and establishing all these new studios as announced at E3. I mean, they have Ninja Theory now, they established new studios and they're really focusing on bringing more into the world of xbox kind of like the way that playstation has acquired sucker punch and a couple of other ones to come in and really flesh out the entire exclusive catalog and i think that's where microsoft is placing their importance and their uh, their efforts going forward uh, but when it comes to VR, I think that it is definitely getting there. It is moving in the right direction to where it could become a viably popular thing, uh, to where they could viably put more money into it. And so I think that over the next 10 years or so, you're going to be seeing much more VR. Uh, but as for right now, it's just beginning to flourish, and it's just beginning to become what you want it to become uh, whenever you were thinking about putting a significant amount of money and funding behind it. With PlayStation VR, uh, a lot of people enjoy PlayStation VR. I know that it hit 3 million units sold a couple of weeks back. Uh, and that's a very impressive number. Of course, in the grand scheme of how many PlayStation 4s are out there, not very impressive ratio there. But overall, the experience that you get is comparable to something that you would get from an HTC Vive or an Oculus Rift. Of course, graphics-wise, not quite, but you still get your feet wet with VR. And that's what's really impressive to me. 
Uh, now, I will say that for Xbox to put a lot of efforts into the VR headset, probably not the best idea, just because they've already been struggling this generation when it comes to consoles and when it comes to hardware to lag behind the PlayStation 4, especially in terms of sales. Uh, but to kind of prepare yourself for the next generation, to wait for better tech to come, to wait for better tech to be able to flesh out your vision uh, for what you have for VR, sounds like a good idea. So hopefully for the next generation of Xbox, uh, we might be seeing some kind of VR headset. And I think that whenever you get both companies, both major companies that are at the consumer level of gaming with PlayStation and Xbox, I think that that's when you're going to be seeing more people kind of say, okay, this is something I need to pay attention to now. I think that's what's going to be the defining factor in how many people get actually involved when it comes to the gaming with VR headsets. So... We'll have to see how it all goes, but overall, the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S could have had some kind of VR headset, but it seems like that is no longer going to be an option. Hopefully, in the next 15 years, we'll be looking back on this and say, man, do you remember that thing? Here's a documentary that tells you about the development of that and when it was canceled. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. However, moving on to PlayStation, it has finally fixed one of the worst features of the PlayStation 4, which is the terrible PSN search bar. But it's only been fixed for some players. Sony is finally rolling out a better way to search for content on the PlayStation Network. Some IGN PS4 owners have noticed a revised search function while browsing the store, which means Sony is finally addressing an issue many fans have had since they first bought their consoles home. The new search function incorporates the same virtual keyboard PS4 owners have used to enter credit card information or search for friends on the PSN for years. In addition to creating a faster search tool, users will enjoy expanded functionality as the tool can be used to search for games by name as well as by genre, studio, or even publisher. The old scrolling bar is still appearing for many players and it is unclear when Sony plans to roll out the update to all PS4 owners. Polygon reports players allegedly in the new PlayStation firmware beta are also able to see the update, so the update may end up being part of the upcoming PlayStation firmware update 6.0, and there has not been any kind of comment as to when or what this is actually happening, or why. Any any of these questions, these background information, Sony has not commented on. So, this is a screenshot of what you've got here, and overall, absolutely a night and day difference. I hate, hate, hate the way that you have to search for games on the PlayStation Store, because you have to literally go down this this list of A, B, C, D, and you would go, like, if you were looking for Battlefield 1, it would be B, and then you'd have to go back up to A, and then down to T, and it's so absolutely awful when you could just have literally a virtual keyboard that uses the light bar on the back of the DualShock 4 to where you just literally, like a, like a Wii controller, you just type. It's easy. Just do it like that. Uh, so it's good to see that they are adding that back, and I'm glad to see that it is actually, you know, coming, and it is going to be rolling out better late than never. I guess you probably should have done this back in 2014, 2015, somewhere around there, but hey, I can't really complain. It's a free update, so hopefully that will roll out to everybody with version 6.0, which should be coming out in the next couple of weeks, I would assume. Uh, and also, please, let us change our names on PlayStation Network. It is terrible absolutely abysmal to have to do that kind of stuff. I hate it so much. But search bar, very good little option there. And it's a very good addition to the overall lineup that the PlayStation is bringing to the table. But no thanks, Nintendo, says Luke Plunkett over at Kotaku. And he is addressing this new controller that is coming to celebrate the release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. 
Nintendo is releasing this limited edition controller alongside Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at the end of the year. It's out on December 7th, and while there is no word on price, you can't imagine it being any different to regular Pro Controllers. As for the design, well, this is the least Nintendo could have possibly done with an idea. I've never been a fan of Smash's logo, so sticking it over the whole face in a monochrome scheme just isn't doing it for me. This is Smash Bros. Surely there was something more colorful and or interesting to use than this, but the controller will be available separately or as part of a limited edition Steelbook version of the game, which you can see here. And that's basically it. Um, that's that's what you got. So this is the controller. It has uh, pretty much white grips on it, and then on top of that, a monochrome background that has a really silver-looking on black uh, kind of Smash Bros. logo. It is what it is. It's all right. Uh, I think that this guy, Luke Plunkett over at Kotaku, is expecting something more colorful, something that pops. But I think what Nintendo is tapping into is this adult audience, or what they're trying to tap into anyway. Are those that are in their late 20s, early 30s that are wanting to play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, but they don't want something that looks like they are 12 sitting on their nightstand necessarily. So it's good to see that they're trying to tap into that audience. Will it be effective? Probably not. This looks like a really shoddy kind of... I mean, this is something that it was like, if you came to me, a college student who has no background in graphic design, and said, hey, make me a controller, this is what I would do. Like, it's literally the most minimal effort kind of thing. However, I'm sure that it will still sell incredibly well. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that it has already sold out at the time of making this video slash streaming this podcast. But that's just me. Uh, of course, it's going to be available sometime in December, and you might be able to find some later on, but who knows? Uh, Nintendo's been doing some kind of wonky stuff when it comes to how many things they're making, but I'm sure they have learned their lesson when it comes to making a limited edition or a limited number of games slash peripherals for their system. Because, you know, the Switch launch wasn't exactly great. Uh, so hopefully we'll see more of this. But again, Super Smash Bros. coming this December. And of course, tons of peripherals, the GameCube adapter, all of that good stuff. And we will address all of that whenever the time does come. But again, very minimalist, very simple, very low effort. And the final story of the day, Grand Theft Auto V players have listened to over 75 billion minutes of music. This is coming to us from Variety. Players have listened to more than 75 billion minutes of music in Grand Theft Auto V and its multiplayer mode, GTA Online, developer Rockstar Games, said in a recent interview with Rolling Stone. Music is an important part of the GTA franchise. GTA V and GTA Online feature at least 18 radio stations with 240 fully licensed songs from Johnny Cash, Rihanna, and Snoop Dogg. More artists than that, not just 240 songs from these three artists. You know what I'm saying. Last month, Rockstar introduced the After Hours update, which let players open a nightclub in Los Santos and use it as a front for their criminal activities. They can also recruit real-world DJ acts like Solomon, Tale of Us, and the Black Madonna. Never heard of any of these people. Rockstar flew the performers into their New York studio so they could record lines and even do a bit of motion capture. The dev said it wanted to recreate the DJs in-game, injecting their personalities as well as their music. The Black Madonna even got to punch a fake cop. Apparently, she made the request before accepting the gig. I thought it was incredible, said Black Madonna. The motion capture experience is so different than when they actually skin the universe onto it. When you do motion capture, it is skeletonized. So when you get into the cop car, the car is made out of this wireframe stuff. The cameras have to be able to see through to see you and everything has the motion capture dots on it. We even had a little motion capture handcuffs that went around my hands. GTA 5 has sold nearly 100 million copies and made more than $6 billion in revenue since launching in 2013. It broke industry sales records by earning $800 million in its first 24 hours and $1 billion in its first three days, making it the fastest selling entertainment product ever. But overall... 75 billion minutes of music has been listened to in Grand Theft Auto 5, and man... 
Is it some good music? Let me tell you right now, there are some fantastic little tracks, especially on the classic rock slash alternative rock stations. I love listening to the music cruising around Los Santos. Good stuff there. Of course, again, this is an entertainment god when it comes to things that have been released in the past 10 years. Uh, cool to hear all of these backstories coming about the uh, After Hours update. I like hearing that stuff. Uh, but overall, 75 billion minutes of music. That's absolutely insane. However, that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinated. If you did enjoy today's show, then be sure to follow me over on Twitter to know when the show goes live every weekday right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. And be sure, if you are listening on podcast services, to drop me a favorite, subscribe to the show, whatever you need to do to make sure that it gets to your ears every single day. Make sure you do that if you did enjoy it. But overall, I appreciate you being here. Bear in the chat, I appreciate you being here. And overall, everybody that watches the show, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to enjoy the gaming news with me. But I'll be back tomorrow for another episode. Hope you guys have a fantastic one. I will talk to you soon, and peace.